Hello, I'm Denini Erasmus. Welcome to another episode of The Weekly Wrap, a podcast in which I will tell you about some of the top news and articles that we have put together for the latest edition of Farmers Weekly. We also take a look at some of the trending topics for the week from our digital platforms. Today I will be discussing the 17 July issue of Farmers Weekly. As I mentioned in the podcast last week, with this issue, which will be in stores from 10 July to 17 July, we resume our regular weekly printing schedule, which means that readers can again look forward to a new Farmers Weekly magazine every week. In this edition, we look at those farmers who are making the most of farming on small pieces of land by placing the focus on increasing yield and quality. Simply Salads, which is based in Barberton, Mpumalanga, has managed to carve out a niche market for their business within a very competitive fresh produce segment. They produce speciality tomatoes, such as cherry and mini plum tomatoes. The tomatoes are grown in greenhouses situated on about 3,5 hectares of land, which not only allows them to lower spending on inputs such as water and pest control, but also to maximize their output. Peter Bucker, the owner of Simply Salads, says that as a country, South Africa is far behind countries like Holland and even Morocco, where South African farmers average 15 kilograms of tomatoes per plant per year. Holland goes up to about 30 kilograms and Morocco 20 kilograms of tomatoes per plant per year. According to Bucker, for the most part, they have figured out how to improve yield by making use of more sophisticated greenhouses, better ventilation, heating and cooling, better growth mediums and grafted plants. But, he says, the cost of this can be prohibitive. With tomato prices remaining stagnant, it is often not worth the investment that would be required to increase yield. So they focus instead on utilizing what they have to the best of their ability and on keeping input costs low while producing a good quality crop. Bakker says that as consumers show greater interest in speciality tomatoes, supermarkets aim to provide an ever greater variety. Simply Salads is therefore trialing over 100 varieties of speciality tomatoes in different shades and shapes in their quest to find the tomatoes that are best suited to the South African climate and taste preferences. Moving on to the next article I want to discuss, this issue features a mother and son farming team who farms with Donna Marino sheep on 95 hectares of rented commonage land in Sauron in the Western Cape. To make the most of farming on such a small piece of land, Gary Patience and his mom, Theresia, aims to introduce top quality genetics in their herd to improve the wool quality and growth efficiency of this dual-purposed sheep breed. Gary says that when they reached their farm's carrying capacity, they started to focus on improving quality rather than increasing quantity. They did this by investing in better quality rams, which they bought from various breeders in the Swartland. Gary says that buying in rams has significantly improved the quality of wool produced by their flock. Average fiber diameter went from 22 microns to 19 microns. In addition, he says, in order to improve their herd, 
the importance of record keeping became crucial. They started measuring everything on the farm, from the weight of their sheep at different growth stages, even to how much rainfall they received. And Gary says that as they began to adopt a more fact-based approach, they started to make better decisions that helped them improve their yield in all respects. And now for our angling enthusiasts. We have a special rural interest article in a 17 July issue about fly fishing in the Eastern Cape. Our freelance contributor Mike Burgess says that the legacy of fly fishing in the Barclay East District is not only rich but evolving. He writes about some of the different techniques that are being used to target fish in different environments in this area. He also says both smallmouth and largemouth yellowfish, rainbow and brown trout and mudfish can be targeted in Barclay East's rivers and streams. Now let's move on to some of the top news from the 17 July issue. Animal feed prices increased during May and June, but are expected to decrease in July, according to Jean-Pierre Saffontaine, Managing Director of Animal Feed Manufacturer Servco. The prices of animal feed had increased because maize harvesting started much later than normal this season, and the late rainfall received across the production regions had resulted in the crop driving off slower than normal. However, with harvesting of the maize crop now underway, prices are expected to decrease. However, current rate the current rates of exports and the RAND US dollar exchange rate can subdue the expected decrease in prices over the short term. The DA is calling for a parliamentary debate on rural violence and farm attacks. After a recent increase in the number of reported incidents in South Africa since the easing of the national lockdown to contain the COVID-19 pandemic. Lastly, the South African Cane Growers Association has welcomed the publishing of a summary of the Sugar Industry Master Plan in the Government Gazette by the Minister of Trade, Industry and Competition, Ibrahim Patel. The association said this marked a major milestone in the government and industry's joint efforts to ensure the long-term sustainability and profitability of the sector. The longevity of the industry has been in question during recent years due to threat threats such as weak protection against cheap sugar imports, unprecedented droughts, plunging world sugar prices, and a major drop in local demand for sugar due to the introduction of the health promotion levy, or the so-called sugar tax. Over the next three years, the Sugar Industry Master Plan will aim to increase demand in the local market by committing manufacturers to prioritizing locally grown and manufactured sugar in their product ranges. It will also improve import protection and the development of small-scale growers. Now let's quickly take a look at some of the top-performing news stories from our website this week. The Director General of the Department of Agriculture, Land Reform and Rural Development, Mike Malingana, resigned suddenly from his post. He cited a number of concerns with the leadership and operations of the Agriculture Department as key reasons behind his decision to resign. Malingana said these included ongoing large-scale and widespread inefficiencies at all levels within the department, the department's current structures and human capital not being geared for effective implementations of plans to develop and support South Africa's agriculture sector, and, as Meningana said, an absolute lack of delivery knowledge and work ethic 
at all levels within the Agriculture Department. There has been much controversy over the Director's general positions at the Department, and this is a developing story. Farmers Weekly will be publishing a follow-up article on this soon, so stay posted for more. Meat to the value of 500,000 rand was looted from three trucks belonging to the Freight Meat Masters on Monday 6 July. This was after the company's vehicles got caught up in the middle of protest action near Ishawi and KwaZulu-Natal. Managing Director of Freight Meat Masters, Patrick Friend, said the three trucks were en route from Frey to Durban, travelling in convoy, when the drivers received information about possible unrest near Ishawi. Despite attempts to avoid travelling through the area, they eventually got caught up in the protests, and Friend said the protesters then broke into the trucks, stole about 180 pig carcasses as well as about 100,000 rand worth of beef portions. In total, the estimated damage amounts to 495,000. Luckily, none of the staff members were hurt in the incident and they are all receiving counselling. The production estimate for groundnuts in South Africa for the 2020 season has been revised downward by more than 16% due to the drought experienced during the past year in certain parts of the summer grain production region, according to Luan van der Volt, Grain SA economist. The National Crop Estimates Committee's most recent forecast indicated that the current expected groundnut crop was 52,000 tonnes, which was 16.5% less or 10,000 tonnes less than the previous forecast of 62,000 tonnes. Van der Waals said indications are that about 20,000 tonnes of groundnuts will have to be imported this year to meet the 70,000 tonne local demand. Over the last 20 years, there's been a gradual decline in groundnut production in South Africa. Historical data from the Crop Estimates Committee shows that at the turn of the century, South African farmers planted about 95,000 hectares of groundnuts. However, by 2010, this had decreased to roughly 57,000 hectares. According to Van der Waal, the optimum local groundnut planting window was from October to November, and due to late rainfall during the past few summer grain planting seasons, an increasing number of producers switched from groundnuts to other crops such as maize and sunflower. That was it for this week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Weekly Wrap. Join me again next week when I'll be discussing some of the features from the 24 July issue with articles on farming with insects, a new solution for producing better quality sugarcane seed stock. And we spoke to the family who bred the Nguni bull, which recently sold for a world record price of 310,000 rand. In the meantime, remember to follow us on social media for all the latest farming news updates. We are on Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn at Farmers Weekly SA. Stay safe and happy farming.